This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, we had one of our listeners earlier this morning sent us a message on our Montana Talks app. Hey, uh, maybe we can check in with Montana Senator Steve Daines and, and hear from him on the latest when it comes to the uh, border security negotiations that are going on in the midst of the uh, the spending uh, package debate on Capitol Hill. Uh, so I thought, yeah, that's a great idea. Not only is it a great idea, but heck, uh, in just one hour, we are going to have uh, Senator Steve Daines join us for a quick update in the nine o'clock hour of the show so i definitely want to throw that question out there there's also concerns that the the democrat controlled senate uh border uh, uh debate may include amnesty in that package which is of course a non-starter for many of us back here in montana so uh, we'll talk with uh, senator steve Daines about that uh, plus uh, the iowa caucuses now that the Iowa caucuses have wrapped up and Donald Trump with an historic victory in Iowa, huge uh, showing in Iowa. Vivek Ramaswamy already dropped out of the race. Some are, are calling for something that Senator Steve Daines called for uh, weeks ago, uh, possibly even months ago. He was calling. He was saying, look, it's clear that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. It's time for these other candidates to withdraw from the race and unite around the Republican ticket for 2024. And and talking about the importance of GOP unity heading into 2024. So uh, we can get his thoughts on the Iowa caucuses and and what's next there. And uh, let's see. uh, Oh, this this one actually uh, this actually I think this is an older press release. I think this is an older press release. Yeah, this this press release was sent out on November 1st of last year. Danes introduces bill to redesignate Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization. Senator Steve Danes introduced the Standing Against Houthi Aggression Act uh, to redesignate Ansar Ansarallah, more commonly known as the Houthis, as a foreign terrorist organization, given their actions to destabilize the region. You notice the key word in that sentence to redesignate the Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization. Well, this is where Mark Levin would say, "Mr. Producer, Mr. Producer, why do we need to redesignate them as a terrorist organization, Mr. Producer? Does that mean that they, once upon a time, were already designated as a terrorist organization? Well, that's right. That's right, Mark." They were designated as, no, Levin already knows this, of course, so I'm just uh, speaking somewhat in jest here, but they were already designated as a terrorist organization. It was Donald J. Trump who understood the threats facing America and listened to uh, the men and women in our uh, national security realm, not just the woke, uh, you know, uh, politicians uh, at the Pentagon and other three-letter agencies, but actually listen to the men and women in the fight to protect American national security. He understood the threat, and he classified them as a threat. And you notice they weren't shutting down entire shipping lanes and attacking U.S. Navy vessels in the way they've been doing so of late here. See, you've got to do things to prevent the threat in the first place, not just wait to respond after they've already shut down the Red Sea and attacked your sailors and your ships. That's what Trump did. It's what Biden tester don't do. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Love.
theme song from Smokey and the Bandit may have been the motif of House Republicans at the beginning of the year. They had a long way to go and a short time to get there when it came to passing a batch of spending bills to avert a mid-January government shutdown. But Republicans never put a single bill on the floor. House Speaker Mike Johnson then reneged on his promise that he would not do another stopgap spending bill. Johnson is punting to two new government funding deadlines. One is on March 1st for one batch of bills. The other is March 8th. Some House conservatives are now in sense to Johnson. The House must pass the interim bill with a combo of Democrats and Republicans. That tactic is exactly what undid the speakership of Kevin McCarthy. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. Taking your calls live, 406-294-0970. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got the phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970. Great to be back in studio. We took the show out on the road yesterday. Great time. So many great folks, so many great listeners we got to see in person in Warden, Montana. But it's good to be back in studio because now we can take your phone calls. And uh, people all across Montana can jump in on the conversation yeah, 406-294-0970, or you can message us on our Montana Talks app. And we got phone lines open for you right now. The only other thing we have scheduled this hour, other than taking your phone calls and, and yapping about the news of the day, uh, we've got the, uh, well, relatively newly elected uh, Gallatin County Attorney. Audrey Cromwell uh, is is the uh, Gallatin County attorney, um, and, and she'll be joining us uh, around 8.40 this morning. You know, uh, over the past couple of weeks, I, I told you on air, I, I had a lot of people asking me. They were saying, hey, Aaron, uh, we've heard about this tragic case on I-90 near Bozeman where this young mom uh, was killed by a wrong-way driver. Why haven't we heard anything about the suspect uh, who who was involved in this? It seems like usually we get that information much quicker. What's the holdup? And and there was speculation that maybe the the driver involved in that case was an illegal alien, and because people were wondering why it was taking so long to get information. Well, so anyway, I'm so I'm reaching out as I told you at the time. I reached out to the sheriff's office. I reached out to the police department. I reached out to the highway patrol and, and wasn't getting any information back. And then I reached out to the Gallatin County Attorney's Office and uh, and, and the Gallatin County Attorney, uh, she told me, hey, we're still waiting on information from law enforcement. Uh, that's the holdup right now. But as soon as we get that information, we'll we'll share that with the public and and if there's charging documents, et cetera. Uh, so then I, I, I circled back around with the with the Montana Highway Patrol, and I got a response back from, from Sergeant Nelson. And so you know, what he says is he says they are still investigating, and uh, their their crash uh, investigators are still doing the, the reconstruction uh, as, as they continue their investigation. So it's just taking some time. But he did confirm that it is not an illegal alien uh, suspect in this case. Uh, that uh, the driver is a Montana resident. So so we I have that update on our Montana Talks website. Long story short, though, as, as I was chatting with uh, with Gallatin County Attorney Audrey Cromwell in her office, uh, you know, uh, one of her assistants had a great idea and said, hey, um, I think I think I had thrown this question out, too. I said, hey, what's by the way, what's the latest? I know when the Gallatin County attorney uh, took over took over the position, she she found a stack of 
sexual assault cases that had never been prosecuted and she said she she wanted to to you know basically you know look into this and and see if charges could still be filed in a number of these sexual assault cases that had never been prosecuted by the previous county attorney so hey how how is that effort going what's the update on that and so so anyway um we're going to talk about that giving an update on how those investigations are going here at eight forty uh this morning on the show but in the meantime uh, phone lines are open two nine four zero nine seventy Lots to talk about this morning. Uh, big news on the Montana front. Uh, let's see. There's, well, two big stories out of Helena. Uh, the liberal Montana Supreme Court had a couple of different rulings. Actually, no, one was from the Montana Supreme Court. Another uh, ruling came out of a, a district judge in Helena. Uh, first, the one from the liberal Supreme Court. Montana Supreme Court denies state's request for pause in the Climate Kids lawsuit. Uh, there's a story in the Helena IR this morning. The Montana Supreme Court has dealt another blow to the Gianforte administration, uh, which earlier this year lost a first-of-its-kind climate change case brought by a group of young residents. It's funny how you read this story in the Associated Press, and you can just see the liberal bias just I mean, I know it's been so cold. Uh, I know we haven't had global warming over the past few days. It's just been so cold that that I would say that this piece is is dripping with liberal bias, but it, it's still too cold uh, for things to be dripping. So uh, this is just. But anyway, why is the why is this climate case called a first of its kind climate change case? Is this the first time this has ever been tried? Is this the first time? They, they ever tried to sue and say, hey, you need to consider climate change before you approve energy projects. Be, before you approve a project that keeps the lights on in Montana, before you approve a project that would keep the heat on in Montana in the winter or the AC on in the summer, before you approve any of these energy projects, you have to consider climate change. Why is this the first of its kind case? Because it's a joke, because every other every other court in the country laughed out the very this isn't the first of its kind case. It's the first time somebody was was left wing enough, gullible enough, whatever, whatever, you know, analysis you want to put to it to actually allow a laughable case like this in their court. What you have is you have a bunch of kids being used as human shields by their rich, liberal white parents in the war on American energy. They're not going after China that's building a coal, one to two coal-fired power plants a week. No, they're trying to keep the heat off for you. And uh, there's a related story, by the way, uh, this morning also. Uh, this was posted by KTVQ.com. And uh, I think it's a, a piece actually by uh, Martin Kidston, who's a, a, uh, a blogger in Missoula who used to be a spokesperson for the, uh, the Montana Democrat Party. Northwestern Energy endures spike, imports electricity during Montana Arctic blast. There you go. Another reminder that is the liberal left forced the Green New Deal on Montana. We're no longer a net exporter of power. We have to import it and pay a steep price when we do.
serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right into your phone calls, 406-294-0970. If you got something you want to talk about or you want to weigh in on the conversations we're having, that's why the phone lines are open for you. Let's go uh, right into it here. Let's see, we got, I think, is it Chris in Billings? Chris, thanks for the phone call. Oh, no problem. I really enjoy your program, by the way. Uh, well, I just you. saw the interview with Manchin on Fox and Friends. Oh, and, yeah, what did you uh, have to say? probably going to... Uh, what you're going to hear is the uproar about him running as an independent, but two points of interest. He's going to approach Biden and tell him he's gone too far left and try to talk him down. And the other thing is, you know, he's really got somebody upset. Uh, Manson does because he's getting paid activists to disrupt every public appearance about fossil fuels. Mm, yeah. So did he say uh, the last I had heard from Joe Manchin is he was adamant that he would not run as a third party independent in a in a presidential race. It, did he shift from that uh, talking point this morning? He diplomatically left it up to Biden. Chuckle, chuckle. If Biden <laughs> doesn't move towards center, this is the prime interest. If Biden doesn't move towards center, away from the far left, he's he's uh, he's saying that he may do that. I wonder. Does that make sense? I wonder if Manchin's trying to get a job or, uh, in an administration somehow or something out of this. If he's you know he, he's looking out, out for a way to pad Joe Manchin's pockets here because you know he's he's leaving the Senate and so uh, you know even though his wife's made a lot of money off of uh, uh, government projects, he he wants to figure out a way to bring in some more. I wonder. Yeah, uh, but at least he's bringing the point that there's alternatives. Bring people toward the center that's never talked about yeah every, everybody's so divided right and left big time there's nobody in the center like what 15 years ago 20 years ago there used to be a lot of people in the center and there's nobody there anymore well i i think i think in reality i think we are the center i think I think the message that Donald Trump is speaking speaks to the center. Uh, even more and more Democrats are are recognizing and waking up about what's going. Now, when I say Democrats, not any elected Democrats. These are just your everyday Democrats that are sitting in their in their in their frozen uh, electric vehicle that won't charge in Chicago. Those kind of Democrats that are that are you know that are sitting in their their my ev won't charge and it's freezing cold in chicago and we've got illegal aliens flooding into our city and crime is out of control those type of democrats that are that are waking up and now increasingly seeing the southern border as the main issue but you know yeah. no more wars in the middle east no more you know no more of this uh invasion on our southern border that is the middle that is common sense i mean you know, not shutting down American energy projects uh, just to hand it all over to China. That used to be the middle, supporting our friends in Israel. That used to be the, just normal, everyday middle America where Democrats and Republicans would agree on. But the Democrat Party has gone so far left that that yes. that, that they that there is no middle ground with them at all. That, that's his other point, that everybody that is in position and elected is very comfortable and making money 
And you just hit the nail on the head. The ones that aren't in power, they don't want to go there because they're making their money. They're not going to move. It's a typical politician. They get corrupted. I mean, even take the the abortion issue, right? Uh, Democrats that are actually in office, that are running for office, that are allowed by the party apparatus to run for office, they have to believe in no limits abortion. Like all the nine months in, nope, nope, uh, nope, they'll still do it. They they have to support that. the middle America, most Americans, even most of your Democrat voters, a majority of them believe that there has to be some limits somewhere. And yes. and there's pro-life Republicans that, that don't like abortion at all, period. But they understand that the American people aren't there yet, that even in Montana, Montanans agree with limits, but not an all out ban. That's where the middle is. That's where America is. And that's where Trump is. That's where Trump's voters are. It's not where the Democrats are. It's not where the liberal mob yes. media is at. The other point is pay attention to how they act and what they vote on, mm-hmm. what not what they say. That's a very important point. I know it's kind of vague, but it's on point. No, it is. It is exactly. Whereas with Trump, they do the opposite. They get so wrapped up around what he says so that they can cover up what he actually does. Oh, and how he looks. The orange man. (laughs) The orange (laughs) man. I had to say that. I'll talk to you soon. i got to get to work. Uh, I really enjoy well, it. Well, you're, you're right. you got to get to work. There's a lot of people sitting on their asses right now that need you to go to work. So uh, you keep paying yeah, their right. bills for them. Karen, <laughs> have a good day, okay? <laughs> you okay. too, Chris. Thanks for calling in. 406-294-0970, the number for you. Uh, speaking of what Trump says versus what Trump does, let me see here. I, I hope I cue this up in, in the right spot. Uh, I'll try here. Um because I, I don't want to play the full thing because we got some more people calling in right now. Uh, but uh, Dr. Ben Carson uh, had some, some great remarks about why evangelical Christians supported Trump and why Trump won the evangelical Christian vote in uh, in Iowa. Oh, wait a minute. That's the part where the, the left-wing activists are uh, are yelling at Tester because he's playing both sides in the uh, in the Middle East. Hold on. I'll play that one for you later if you haven't heard it yet. Let me see. Here we go. Dr. Ben Carson. I hope, like I say, I hope I queued up in the right spot for you. Stand by. Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit further because Trump won almost every demographic last night uh, by double-digit margins. And like you said, that does include the evangelical vote. He won uh, 59% of evangelical voters. Second place was Ron DeSantis, 18%, despite the fact that he got the endorsement of Bob Vanderplatt, the state's most prominent evangelical leader. And he also ran, I guess you could say, to the right of Donald Trump on abortion with that six-week ban. And yet evangelical voters still flocked to Trump. They did uh, because they saw what kind of person he is now. They realize that it's not what he says, because sometimes he says things that are a little on the inflammatory side, but it's what he does. And uh, that makes all the difference in the world. I think that people also recognize that the, the prosecution and the persecution that he's undergoing is unfair and that they will be the victims if this is continued. All right. So, yeah. So the point that Dr. Ben Carson, who, for those who don't know, uh, he's incredible. He was in Trump's cabinet. Uh, just a solid uh, man of faith. Uh, he spoke at the uh, Provision International Banquet 
here in Montana a few years ago. Uh, he's a Christian. He also happens to be black. And, it, and if you missed it, uh, Joy Reid, the racist on MSNBC, just had some hateful, bigoted remarks of what she had to say about white evangelical Christians in Iowa. Uh, so if we get some time, we'll get to that one as well. First, though, let's go back into the phone lines. Mary in Billings. Mary, thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Um, I was just going to say, I noticed in Trump's acceptance speech that uh, he is the only candidate out of all of them on both sides that have ever said anything about cleaning up all the cities in the country. Well, good point. Nobody, nobody has ever addressed cleaning up, trying to get any of the of all these cities cleaned up. And why should Trump care for these big cities? You know, the big cities aren't going to vote for him, right? Yeah, because he, he, uh, he's for all the people. He wants to get all the people united. Yeah, and I think, look, even though the, the Chicago's and the New York's are never going to vote for Trump, you're right. Like, he, he, he loves New York City, uh, and he, uh -huh. he had a connection with the working men and women in New York City. And, and it speaks to people all across this country when we see the big cities in such disarray and the destruction of major American cities like San Francisco and others. Yeah, I think, I think that speaks to all people here in the heartland who care about this entire country. Uh, well said. Mary, thanks for the phone call. Let's see. I think we can sneak in uh, at least one more phone call before the break and then our, our guest coming up after that. Uh, let's see. Ben in Billings. Ben, what's going on? Uh, Montanans, I wanted to call in actually a few weeks ago regarding uh, the Northwest Energy smart meters, and it is a Green New Deal scam. Uh, after calling uh, to opt out, it really came down to why would you want smart technology connected up with your incoming electricity? So after digging into it and there's some uh, benefits to it right you know the ability to remotely change uh, the settings uh the, the ability uh for them to to read it without having to have a guy go walk your neighborhood but but there's some concerns people have with this that that's a good reminder because i'm actually going to have uh john hines from northwestern energy is going to be with us on this show uh tomorrow so i'll have to ask him about this this whole smart meter debate thing as well yeah, so uh, after digging into it, yeah, it, it, it does cut out uh, the Northwest Energy Worker. Um, there's, I asked where these where these workers are going. She said they're they're leaving, you know, so it's cutting out the Northwest Energy Worker. And the only thing I really uh, uh, hear about uh, the advantage of this is quicker quicker notice times that, you know, powers out. But it's just easily compromised, and I opted out. So that's, I think that is one way to fight back, you know, what, just because it's a smart technology doesn't mean it's safe and secure. Yeah, the, you know, you think about the, the thermostat wars in, in offices are kind of funny. Maybe even in your own house you can have thermostat wars. Some of you like it colder, some of you like it hotter. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had to laugh the other day. I came in, I was like, holy cow, somebody set, set the thermostat to 77 degrees in here. And I think it's because one of the others was set too low and it was pumping out AC. So they put it, but I'm just like, man, I, I guess exactly. I should start wearing shorts to work. Why do I, why do I dress for the weather when it's going to be like 95 degrees in here? But you remember when in Denver, Colorado, and massive heat wave goes through, and people couldn't lower their temperatures. 
because they were controlling it remotely. And I know that's a, a big concern that people have. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask uh, the uh, I'll ask, uh, our, uh, you know, we'll ask John Hines from Northwestern Energy tomorrow uh, if uh, if that's a, a concern that people should have here uh, and just get his take on it. So I appreciate the phone call, Ben. The Gallatin County Attorney next. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Sex crimes, cartels, shutdowns, and wrong way drivers. You know, I never have a, a set list of questions uh, whenever we have a guest on this show. It, it's, it's, it's always more conversational. But I just scribbled down, and, you know, hey, maybe we could cover this topic, that topic, you name it. Uh, but great to have uh, recently elected Gallatin County Attorney Audrey Cromwell on the program uh, this morning. Uh, elected, I, I believe, uh, during the uh, alongside the 2022 midterm elections in Gallatin. County. In fact, I remember that when we were reporting the election results on the radio the next morning, I had mentioned how, hey, the longtime Gallatin County attorney uh, who was running as a Republican uh, basically got booted from the job. And then a newly elected Democrat uh, Gallatin uh, County attorney got elected. And I remember one of our listeners, I think, had called in that morning and said, hey, we have no love lost for that former Gallatin County attorney. And they said he was the guy who was going around prosecuting local businesses who were just trying to do business and stay afloat as they were being ordered to shut down while the big box stores were being left alone. So I, I always remember that phone call. But then uh, back in March of 2023, uh, there was a very interesting story. Uh, KBZK TV had this within her first month in office. Gallatin County Attorney Audrey Cromwell says she discovered boxes of unprosecuted sexually violent crime investigations and has created a joint task force to address the issue. So I thought, uh, what a great opportunity to get an update on those investigations. Audrey Cromwell, thanks for being with us this morning. Of course. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Well, I guess first off, uh, we're about, what, one year into the job. Uh, how's it been just in the first year in office? You know, it has been very challenging, but also very energizing. Yeah, it's well, it's crazy. You know, I, I caught up with you just very briefly during the break. It's uh, you've got to have a, a bit of your hands full. I mean, you know, first off, you enter office and you see, you know, these boxes that had what, 113 unreviewed requests for prosecutions. You got cases spanning from 2008 to 2022, ranging from violent rape to domestic violence. And a lot of these were violence, sexual violence against children in some way. And then on top of that, we've been talking about how the, the Mexican drug cartels have taken an increased focus and an increased presence in Bozeman and in the Gallatin Valley. Uh, and and then all the the, the explosive growth has has lead to, led led to more of the criminal element. You got uh, uh, transient issues, all sorts of stuff uh, that I'd imagine is is crossing your desk there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, one of the most challenging pieces when I first came into office uh, was finding those those boxes of violent sexual crimes. Um, you know, we had a deadline for the task force, so the task force consisted of Bozeman City Prosecutors and Bozeman Police Department, Sheriff's Office, Victim Services, Belgrade City Prosecutors and Belgrade PD, and then the Manhattan and West Yellowstone City Prosecutor. 
And together, we reviewed all of those cases to look for, uh, to determine the statute of limitations to see whether or not we could continue to pursue those cases. And we had a deadline of September 1st to review all of those cases. Um, the task force got those cases back to me in August. And um, out of the 113 cases, we determined that 43 of them we were not able to pursue based on the statute of limitations, which, which is about 40%. And then of the remaining cases, I met personally with every victim. Uh, it was about 40 victims to discuss whether or not they wanted to pursue their case. I mean, some of these cases were 10, 15 years old. Um, those were excruciating meetings, you know, letting people know, people who have been victimized already, that the justice system had let them down and they were further victimized by that um, was really, really challenging. So out of all of those cases, we have moved forward with 22%. Uh, the rest of the cases, the victims either did not want to move forward or we could not locate them uh, since it's been too long. Wow, 22%. I was going to say, this is definitely one of yeah. those circumstances where even if it's just one case in that mm-hmm. stack, one case, it's worth this effort, uh, especially for crimes like this. I mean, we, you know, we've got some some great, incredible cold case investigators out there, and they understand the significance and the importance of even just one case and the impact that can have for that family, uh, for that mm-hmm. victim, but also just for the community to know that we are not going to we're not just going to allow this stuff right. to happen. We will do whatever is in our power to go after this this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that that was one of the pieces that was so troubling to me. I mean, there was not justice served, right, in these cases. And um, victims did not see justice, but also defendants were not held accountable. And I want to show the community that these are important cases and that they're going to be a priority for my administration, and we're going to do everything we can to timely review the cases and to set up policies um, that follow best practices and you know to the national standards yeah i can't imagine how how tough those meetings must have been uh for you one but but especially for uh the alleged victims in these cases as well i've gotten to know some of the folks that work in the victims advocate office in yellowstone county over the years and then and then you get to meet volunteers with casa the court appointed special advocates i mean these folks just do incredible yeoman's work i mean just and and what they go through in trying to to you know serve alongside these victims it's just it's just incredible uh, 22% moving forward, does does that mean that there's charges that have been filed or will soon be filed, or does this just mean the investigations have been reopened and are now moving forward? No, this means that we have filed charges. So 22%, we've been able to file charges. Uh, you know, it's, it's not ideal when you look at a prosecution of especially a sex case, which can be complicated and somewhat difficult to pursue, even when it's timely. Um, we are now looking at cases we have filed that are 15, 10 years old, and that poses some additional challenges, but it's important to me that we move forward even though they're older. How close uh, are you to potential, uh, I guess, uh, finality in some of these cases? How, how close are, are some of these cases to, uh, uh, to you know, getting a, you know, p- a potential verdict in some of these cases? Sure. So, uh, like you said, the one of the challenges that the justice system is facing here in Gallatin County is all of the growth. And, 
as we move forward with these cases, the dockets, the court dockets are are just packed, right? They're stacking trials um, up to 10, sometimes 15 trials. So that means that in any given month, like say that there is a March trial month, uh, you might have, as a prosecutor, 10 trials that are stacked on the same day. So if the number one is resolved, you're looking at number two. If number two is resolved, you're looking at number three. So um, there are a lot of challenges right now in the justice system. So we're looking at uh, at the earliest, most likely a year for resolution, especially if it looks like a case is going to go to trial. Yeah, wow. Well, and I, so the backlog in the courts is a, it remains a significant mm-hmm. challenge. Well, I think there was – I know there was a case in, in – uh, not a you know s- sexual violence case, but there was a case out of the Flathead where – you know, a gym manager got uh, got murdered by a transient, and and that case took. I mean, I I forget how long it took for that case to finally be resolved and and a sentence and a, and everything. And it's like, and it, it's just this stuff takes time. And then when you have a backlog on the courts on top of it, it just uh, it, it gets things uh, further stuck in the pipeline. You're exactly right. You know, I think we might feel some relief uh, when the new court court building is finished. That's slated to finish in October, I believe, so this fall. Right now, there are only two courtrooms in our Old Law and Justice Center that can accommodate a full jury. And so that creates a lot of challenges in scheduling jury trials. One of the things I've appreciated about uh, U.S. Attorney Jesse Laslovich, he, he was appointed by uh, by Joe Biden uh, as U.S. Attorney because the presidents appoint the the federal U.S. Attorney uh, uh, for a state like Montana. That's our, we're one district, but you know he's he's been willing to point out that a lot of the crime we're seeing in Montana right now is coming uh, from the Mexican drug cartels. How much of a presence are you seeing uh, from the cartels in Gallatin County right now? You know we've seen an uptick in fentanyl cases and in um, illegal weapons. And I think that that is indicative of that presence here in our county. Um, our MRDTF, so our Missouri River Drug Task Force, uh, and ATF have been doing an exceptional job at vetting um, particular users and then you know, moving up the chain to try to get the bigger fish. And a lot of those cases end up uh, in the hands of the AUSA, so the Assistant U.S. Attorney um, under Jesse Laslovich, but some of the remaining cases, the smaller cases, stay with us. That's right, especially if there's a guns, if there's a gun, you know, an illegal weapons component, because then they can bump it up to a federal weapons charge, move it into federal courts, for example. That makes sense. I got to take a quick break here. We got a a quick uh, hard break here on Montana Talks. Audrey Cromwell, uh, Gallatin County Attorney, great to have you on the program. If you got more time, stand by. We'll come back to you after after this. But if you got to run, we understand as well. Quick break back after this. Your morning cup of Sean. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. It was kind of interesting to watch the the mob, the media do their thing, and and as usual, they they wanted to be against Donald Trump, and they well, he may end up being below fifty percent. I'm like, he beat the numbers of both Governor Ron DeSantis, who came in second, and Nikki Haley around nineteen percent, but he beat both of these candidates combined. But if you Go back and look at history and the history of the Iowa caucuses. What you find 
is that this is the biggest margin by far ever of any Republican to win in Iowa. Uh, the biggest margin prior to this was Bob Dole with a little over 12 percent. I mean, that's how profound this was. The conservative underground meets later today on the Sean Hannity Show. You can give your home a new look this year with Blinds.com. Now, Blinds.com invented the better way to shop for custom shades and shutters and blinds and so much more. You even get free professional advice from their design professionals and experts. They also have free shipping. Anyway, start your year off the better way. Go to Blinds.com right now, 35% off site-wide. That's right, Blinds.com. Save 35% off site-wide for a limited time when you go to Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Does your current trophy wife want a life insurance policy three times the size of your previous mistakes? Relax and call Big Lou at Term Provider. Big Lou says if you're in your 50s, even a bit porky, a $1 million term life policy should only cost about two to 300 bucks per month. Call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He likes trophies, too. For affordable life insurance, call 800-529-2856. Here is your Montana news. I'm sorry to say the worst has occurred in the case of the missing Megan Stegman, and a strange boyfriend admitted to her murder. Chris Foyles is currently held without bond in Bonneville County Jail in Idaho. Call 8 reports that when Stegman's old RV was found in Idaho Falls on January 12th, their police established surveillance on it while waiting for Montana detectives to arrive. Foyles exited the vehicle. When police approached, he immediately confessed to killing Stedman and that her body was inside. A positive identification had been made with the fish skeleton tattoo on the wrist. According to his affidavit, Foyles and Stedman came to Idaho Falls days before Christmas. A couple weeks ago, the pair argued and Foyles worried she would contact police. Turns out there is a no contact order between them. So he used a kitchen knife and stabbed her in the neck and chest, then left her for dead in the back of the RV. When he heard Megan hit the back window for help, he went back and stabbed her multiple times. This beef jerky snacks at participating town pump stores. Bon appetit from Reminis Angus Ranch in Dillon. One of the books causing concern in the Laurel and Billings schools is a book called Assassination Classroom. You can see actual photographs of some of the pages of the book and why school board members and parents alike are very concerned that this is in the school libraries. Check out that story. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Plus, more million-dollar investment in the state. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas. Live well, feel better studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, Gallatin County Attorney Audrey Cromwell able to join us for just a quick uh, few minutes here as we wrap up the hour. And then uh, Montana Senator Steve Daines kicks off the 9 o'clock hour. We'll have open phones time right after that. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so if you got something you want to talk about, I know uh, Roger and Billings called in, wanted to talk more about about the elections and, and candidates and media coverage and more. Roger, we definitely want to hear from you. So uh, give us a call back later on in the 9 o'clock hour when we open up the phone lines. I'd, I'd love 
love to hear what you have to say. Uh, but back to Audrey Cromwell, Gallatin County attorney. Uh, so, yeah, we, we caught up a little bit during the break. You know, hey, what, what other issues are you, are you facing as the, you know, still a, a newly elected Gallatin County attorney staffing? I mean, this is a private sector challenge. This is a public sector challenge. But, you know, as you and I discussed during the break, even low staffing, that can contribute to the crime problem because the longer people have to wait for their court case to get adjudicated, the longer, you know, then the longer people sit in the in the county jails, which means the more the jail fills up. And then because they're not being pulled into the state prison system, how bad of a challenge is the staffing issue right now for you? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's pretty terrible. So um, this office has been chronically underfunded and understaffed. For years, this is not a new problem. However, it is compounded by the growth that we're seeing in our county. Um, I'm working on a sustainability plan for, currently for our office, and under national standards, we need 10 more prosecutors to meet the current caseload. So that's current caseload that we have right now. I have 11 prosecutor positions, and all are filled but one. So I need 50% more. You know, I need double the amount of prosecutors in order to just maintain. Uh, current caseloads. I mean, we're we're it's very we're really challenged. Um, it's it's tough. And I'm assuming same thing for the courts. And there's there's backlogs mm-hmm. in other district courts and backlog at the Montana Supreme Court. And so they have to kind of pick and choose which cases they'll take on sometimes as a result. Right. And and you know, when you think about what happened with the sex cases we talked about earlier, this is the kind of thing that happens when your law enforcement resources are underfunded. I mean, we simply don't have enough prosecutors. I mean, people have seen law and order, right? Prosecutors are a critical component of law enforcement. You can arrest offenders, perpetrators all day long, but if you don't have enough prosecutors, they're going to walk. And that's what happens with these sex cases. Yeah, and well, I know the the former Gallatin County attorney, uh, he was quoted by uh, KBZK back at the time. He, he told them, hey, his office aggressively prosecuted sex crimes. He says you prosecute the best you can, and, and that's what he did. Uh, did uh, do you think that's the case now as you go back and review these things? Uh, it just needed a little bit more of a priority. Or do you think he was just kind of understaffed and underfunded and so unfortunately had to prioritize? Uh, you know, I think it was both. I think it was he was underfunded and understaffed, and I think there's a lack of prioritization. So, for example, um, as long as I've been in, in the community, uh, you know, Justice Court, which is misdemeanor cases, has been running beautifully, right? Um, those are traffic tickets and um, DUIs and those things which are important to prosecute, and <laughs> there are priorities that that might, you know, uh, uh, I would argue that an incest or, uh, you know, a rape of a child needs to be prioritized over a traffic ticket. Yeah, oh, exactly, yeah. Well, and I think, too, it, you know, maybe maybe what happened, and I'm not saying this was the case because I don't know the inner workings. I didn't know the previous Gallatin County attorney that well, but I think one of the reasons why so many of us support term limits for elected officials in Congress and elsewhere is because sometimes you get people that have they've just been there too long. They've sat in that position too long. We've seen it in, in government. Uh, those of us who've served in the military have sometimes seen it there, too, and is that people, have, they've sat there too long, and 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 they, they just they become too cynical they don't think it's going to do anything so they never try and so that's why you need new blood out there all right uh audrey cromwell gallatin county attorney thanks for joining us on the show this morning great to catch up with you thanks Aaron. appreciate it hey thank you very much all right quick break we'll get your national news update in then uh montana's u.s senator steve danes kicks off the nine o'clock hour then we'll get to your phone calls and more right after that